0: Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is a CBC podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Yane. She has endometriosis. Let's talk about
2: it.
0: Yeah. All right. That's That's weird. Weird. That's Hell weird. yeah. Weird. Are you in? Uh, are you in Cape Town or?
2: Right.
3: So um, we basically have three like capitals. Cape Town is a capital. Joburg. Um, Joburg okay. is a okay, capital. Bri. And that's all I know. Sk- <laughs> yeah. So I'm in Joburg, near Joburg, very
2: yeah.
3: like an hour out of Joburg. It's in Pretoria. Sweet. Cool. Oh, that's a so, right. that city.
1: That's rock yeah, and roll. Me too. Um, <laughs>
3: uh,
1: this is guys. We are, we're just like diving into the pelvic pain issues.
0: Yes. Uh, So
1: much pelvis lately. We we just released an episode today as we're recording this, that Mm. was Pelvic Congestion Syndrome, all about our friend all the way over in the Netherlands... Uh, by way of Poland, who has uh, Bruce a, Buffer over here? Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, uh, who who, uh, who has uh, a vascular issue in in her pelvis, um, uh, Zuzi? But today we're going to be talking about some different pelvic issues with our friend Yane, all the way from fucking South Africa. Guys, we're, we're just traveling across the world, covering all the pelvic issues, um, and we're, we're diving <laughs> wow back tour. into a yeah, world pelvic tour, uh, diving into uh, a subject that we haven't talked about in a long time. And let me say this, the last time that we covered the topic of endometriosis, we got quite a bit of feedback from that episode. People that were like kind of up in arms, and I'm guessing it was folks who also suffer from endo to to basically tell us that uh, a lot of the stuff that they heard on that podcast wasn't particularly accurate. Now, look, I want to put I want to put this oh, out there really? right away. This was a long time ago. This was years and years yes. ago. Yeah, yeah. And so I want to I want to put this out there. The show isn't meant to be that. Uh, The show is more so meant to cover the human experience of living with an illness or a disorder. Um, And we will focus on that today for sure. But Yane, I'm sure knowing that you were one of those people way, way back when who actually listened to that episode um, that we're going to we're going to get into the whole what the fuck is endo and all that stuff. I could use a refresher for sure.
4: So let's (laughs) let's
1: start with that, Yane teach us three ding-dongs what endometriosis Please. is in your own words
2: mm, okay.
1: and, and and don't fuck it up because yes, a lot I of know. people will be pissed
3: Ugh, yes pressure um, um, so i am i'm not a medical professional but i have read a lot about it and um it is a it's a very misunderstood disease Mm. It, and, and it also looks different in different people with like wounds, you know. It's mm-hmm. not one, it's it, it, sometimes you can have like different symptoms, and then the doctor is like, Oh no, you, you don't have endometriosis because it's different from all the other women I treat that has endometriosis. So um, in simple terms, um endometriosis is when there is um growths um in your Pelvic region, and it can be anywhere in your pelvic region. That is um, similar to the endometrium wall that grows inside your womb. Mm. Um, a lot of doctors like don't use the correct terminology when they say it's like endometrium cells that grows outside of your womb, but that's not correct. It's not. It's it's not like your womb cells magically traveled outside of your womb and now you have endometriosis that's mm. not at all and that's that's what a lot of people think for some reason even in some medical websites and things they they use the correct the wrong, the wrong words so i think um, and,
1: and just to, to, <clears throat> to piggyback on that i believe like when we had our conversation ages ago that was one of the things that i i had i had thought was that mm-hmm. like mm. oh you have like you have, um, the cells that you would find in your, in your, um, in your reproductive system, like in Mm. your neck or like in your head
3: and like, um, that is possible. Okay. It is possible that, so there has been rare cases, very rare cases that they would find, um, those cells like endometriosis cells, like, a little bit in your lungs and a little bit in your, like other parts of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, their theory is that when um, like a fetus is forming in the womb, there's like a lot of stem cells everywhere. And that sometimes um, can like land in weird places. So that's completely possible. Um, but it's not in everyone kind of. And like the thing that causes the most pain and discomfort and like physical symptoms is usually the endometri- like the cells who had that is similar to endometrial cells that is outside of the womb. Okay.
0: okay. So when I when I think of endometriosis, the first thing that comes to mind is painful periods. So like when if you have painful mm. period cramps um, during your menstrual st- cycle, a lot of people will think like, oh, maybe you have endometriosis. Mm. Um, Why is that? Why do people think that? And why is that? Is that true?
3: Yeah. Okay. So um, endometriosis, okay. So it looks different for different people. But yes, the first symptom usually that leads to a diagnosis is that you have painful periods. Um, For me, it looked like... um, I kind of had, like, a normal period, but I was, like, a late bloomer in the beginning from ages 14 to 18. But then after 18, things got, like, gradually worse. So it's not like I woke up one day and, like, I had incredible pain and went to the hospital. That didn't happen. It was, like, years of, like, oh, I, I kind of stayed in bed today because mm. I had so much pain I couldn't walk. And, like, um, it can be nausea, like, just nauseous just like you can't keep anything down it's like it feels almost sometimes like pregnancy symptoms you're very swollen um it's like a lot of inflammation in your stomach um some girls get like um like they look pregnant when they're on their period like their stomach wow. swells mm. so much i used to get that but i don't get it anymore it's very strange um mm. So that's why I say like it's not a one size fits all, but it's usually associated. The first thing that like leads to endometriosis being diagnosed is a lot of pelvic pain Mm. and it can be back pain as well. I have a lot of back pain usually Um, and it's also prolonged periods like anything, any period that's longer than like seven days. It's not normal. It can be other things as well, but that's also related to endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Um, heavy bleeding. I'm such a heavy bleeder. I go through so many, um, like, uh, sanitary pads and things. It's just sometimes so painful that I can't use products like that. Oh,
2: oh. So
3: it's also, like, it, it, like, costs a lot of money at the end of the day as well because you have, like, you you can't, you, like, lose work days. You use up a lot of work days. Um, it's... Mm-hmm it's just costly. And like a normal GP, when you go and visit them and say, listen, I'm having bad periods. I'm, I can't sleep at night. I have so much pain. I mean, the first thing they'll do is put you on hormonal birth control and that does work for some women, but for other women like me, it doesn't work at all. It only makes things worse. So, so it's, it's I think one of the reasons it's not, Taken as seriously, or like, not like there's not like the med- it feels sometimes like the medical community don't care. One of the complications is, is complicated. You know, it's not like, it's not a textbook. Everyone has the same symptoms. Everyone oh. has the same problems. I mean, and that's because women's bodies are complicated. You know, mm. um, our age, our race, our gender, it all, it like.
4: It compounds on it. it yes. it's, it's it's challenging. It's challenging. There's two, there's a lot of inter- intersections there. And then mm-hmm. on top of
1: that, the you know just and what from what we've heard on the podcast for years now is that when it comes to women's health, it just hasn't been focused on nearly no. as much as men's health. Mm. And it's uh, it's one there's of those a, things that gets
3: is a bias.
1: Yeah, totally, a hundred percent. Did you find? Um, did you did you have the
4: experience? With, we've heard we've heard over the years. I and I, I I I think it was I think it was an aspect of. Um, Uh, of the, of the story that we, um, that we had on the podcast years ago, um, with endometriosis. And then since, and then after that, I think it was, it was in that conversation and, and definitely subsequently after that conversation, where we really started to become aware of how common of an issue it is and how many, Mm. how many people, um, how many people have to go through, go through that. And then, and then part of that being that it is a, something that, ends up taking quite a while to get a diagnosis and I, and, and, and if that is, uh, and, and maybe that's a, and maybe that's a, uh, a, a sort of like matrix of a bunch of things being that, mm-hmm. you know, it's complicated, it's person to person. Um, and also the, you know, the, 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 the lack of, uh, the lack of priority on women's health over the mm-hmm. years in, 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 healthcare, did you have that experience? Was it, was it something that took a long time for you to, to get to?
3: Absolutely. Um, it's, it's really a fight to find a doctor that actually believes you first of all. Um, because especially, I don't know if it's just a cultural thing, but in South Africa, it's really a thing that like, it, it's almost, it's all like, I remember like one of like our sex educational classes, we didn't really have sexual education, but one of the classes there where they were supposed to teach us things, um, they were like, yes, in, when you go through puberty, you get your period and for women, periods are painful. And so uh, I just kind of accepted that I was going to have pain even before I had my period. So mm. um, it's like, if you expect that this is going to happen to you, it takes a while before you question it. You know, Mm. it's like, it's almost like the norm. And there were so many, I went, I went to boarding school, so I knew a lot of girls. (laughs) Um, we went and they all, there was a lot of them who had pain, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I didn't feel like I was like the exception. It was only like when I went to university and I started talking to my friends about it. Um, and they were like, you know, I think your pain is getting worse. Like you can't walk for days sometimes and you're missing mm. classes and it's not normal to take four ibuprofens in one day, yeah. you know. Mm. Um, I was just like – I was taking pain medication and I was kind of abusing it um, mm. because that was my only option and that was that, you know. Um, how,
4: how did you deal how, – how did you – how did you in in that time period like when you were at boarding school uh between like boarding school and university, when obviously you you know you're you're with a lot of people um that are uh that are having their period and you're sort of you're get you're 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 hearing their experience and sort of mm-hmm. comparing it to yours and there seems there's like the spectrum of discomfort or pain in everyone's period like how like how did that play in your mind where you're trying to where you're trying to figure out if your experience is is like outside of the of the norm quote unquote which mm-hmm. also I acknowledge is really challenging cuz like you said before you're getting you know the the sort of like pop culture understanding of periods is that they're painful mm-hmm. so like you have pain and I can see it being very easy to just go oh I'm I I just have what's you know I just have what I'm ex- I expect to have mm. because I was told that my period would be painful. Like, how do you how, how did you start to tease out that you are, you are having a a uh, uh, an I want to say an outlier experience, but also acknowledging um, that there's a lot of people that are going through that as well.
3: So it really it took a long time because like I think definitely my endometriosis was very it progressed very slowly, you know, um, I'm, I'm actually having the worst symptoms that I've had at the moment, you know? So it kind of like began where I would only have pain for the first day of my period. And then, um, two years later, I would have pain the entire duration of my period. And then my period f- went from four days to seven days, you know? So it was like, it was almost like that's the slow burn. So I almost didn't notice, you know? So, uh, I, so I really thought it was normal, you know. Mm-hmm. I I thought just like everyone sometimes woke up in the middle of the night and thought they were dying. You know, I was <laughs> like, a, you know, women do this. That's normal. You know?
1: yeah. As one does, <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And Guys, I actually, am I the only
1: one who thinks I'm dying
3: right now? Oh, okay. <laughs> is anybody
4: dying?
2: No,
3: I mean, it really feels Maybe? like it feels like someone is stabbing you. Like mm. it really, it's it's. I mean, if I. Have like if my appendix burst or something like that. I don't know if I will know the pain. Right, I might think it's period pain. You know, like, right.
1: sure.
0: You're sure. so
3: desensitized. Well, that's um, that's
1: fucked to think about.
0: As somebody who had an appendicitis, I'm sitting here thinking about like how, for some people, that is a like a, <laughs> monthly, a monthly experience. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, like, that is fucking crazy. Yeah,
3: yeah. To, to so, think that's
0: normal too. Like,
3: yeah, fuck. and I mean, um, there was times I would pass out. There was times um, I would, like, not be able to eat as well because with my with – what I'm experiencing now that's a new symptom, which is not fun, um, It's like, I have a lot of stomach issues now as well. So, mm. I, like, I'm also losing a bit of weight now because I can't seem to get it under control. So there's a lot of girls who also get diagnosed with, like, IBS – Mm -hmm. Um, with endometriosis and sometimes their endometriosis gets misdiagnosed as IBS so there's a lot of there's so many components to endometriosis and I think it all comes down to hormones because hormones is really at like the center of like any human's well-being doesn't Mm -hmm. matter who you are and um, I think What happens with endometriosis is it can also kind of destroy your gut health. Um, And when your gut health is destroyed, um, it also affects your mental health because like a lot of like your serotonin, I think, I'm I'm not a doctor, but like I've read about these things. Mm -hmm. Um, It affects how your brain keeps you happy, you know, mm. all those mm-hmm. hormones. And then you get prolonged periods of depression. And that's also what I've had, mm. you know? So it, it's 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 like it's like a never, it's like an evil vicious circle. Yeah. I spoke mm. to this, I spoke about this to my therapist last week. It's like when I'm when I'm just feeling healthy enough again, I go like I have like a little bit of a mental slip back. And then when I'm sick again it's hard to get in you know it's like a vicious yeah. circle yeah I get, I get i get that a hundred
1: percent like i'm <sighs> i'm bouncing back right now from you know a few weeks of being sick, and it's every single time like every single time it happens it is it i can feel it take like this mental toll that mm. that sometimes feels like a bit of a a slog to like a like a like a a mountain to climb to kind of get up and over to get to the other side of it. Um, Mm. and so from, you know, from living with a chronic illness, like I, I totally relate to that. Um, can you, can you walk us through like your, your journey in in actually finding the diagnosis or receiving the diagnosis of endometriosis? How did that come to be?
3: So, uh, it's a fun story because actually your podcast helped me get a diagnosis um, really? because I, I kind of Googled. Can, it we get that in writing? Yeah, can you,
1: can you send us to it? Send that to us in writing. We're yes. going to send that to our manager and, uh, <laughs> said it as a testimonial. <laughs> I'm sure, perfect.
3: So, so, um, I think your, your, your interview with the girl, I can't remember her name for the life of me, um, was in 2019 um, yes, yeah. the first endometriosis interview you did
2: mm-hmm.
3: and I was listening to her, but I think she had, I think she had, her endometriosis was quite advanced. Um, but I was relating to her so much because like she was talking about the pain and like how it all started and like how she goes to the doctor and the doctors don't believe her. And like, I was like freaking out. I remember I was listening to the podcast at work. And I was actually on my period as well. And I was like, shit, this is what I have. This is exactly what I have. I'm going to go to the doctor and tell them I have endometriosis. Because up to that point, so I was I was 21, okay? Um, and up to that point, all the doctors had put me on like heavy um, birth control. Um, mm-hmm. They had put me on progesterone. Something they give people um, give women who are menopausal
2: mm-hmm.
3: to like balance out your hormones, but that was also making me crazy. Um, and I realized like I need to go to a specialist. Only a specialist is going to understand me. So um, I googled it and I found a gynie who was like a I won't I, I can't in, looking back I don't think she was an expert. Right, but, But she was the first person I found. Um, After, like, everything that happened, I realized that you should be really careful with who you pick to be your surgeon when you go for endometriosis treatment because there's a lot of gynees that do, like, an extra year or something to get their surgical license or something like that. So then Mm -hmm. they can do, um, like, certain gynecological-related surgeries. And that's what she was qualified in. But she only did ablation therapy, um, which basically burns out the endometriosis. Yum. And I thought that was fine. I was like, okay, burn it. Just, yeah. just
2: burn it. Which, That's which,
3: fine.
4: Just to, to clarify, like that is, that is when you're going into for like a surgical intervention with endometriosis, mm. the, the idea is that you're going to remove tissue that has grown in places where it shouldn't have grown? Or oh. is that a misconception?
3: Yes. No, that's, that's, that's right. Um, so basically what they do is they open you up um, with a laparoscopic surgery. So it's exploratory surgery. Um, they do the little keyhole. Um, I have like th- three scars on my stomach. Um, then they just like explore the, the pelvic cavity um, with a microscope. And then they look for like these little black dots. Um, it looks like an evil alien virus. Whoa. But like, if you Google it, it, like, it looks like, you know, that,
2: Google
3: I, that I, I call it my personal, like, you know, the venom alien. Oh, yeah.
4: yeah. Yep.
3: So if that was the real thing, it would be endometriosis, but it doesn't have the personality, you know, it's
1: just, <laughs> it's just Whoa. black.
3: Yeah. It is gooey. Dude, and it's- yeah,
1: I'm looking at it right now and this show is. Me, I've show never me. seen this. This is gnarly. Jared and Jaren, I saw a really interesting. <sighs> it's
2: just uh, disgusting. It does it's- look oh, like that. Jared and I saw whoa. a
1: really interesting
4: horror film on the weekend called Malignant. And um, I won't <laughs> give, it, give it away, but it, it had a mind of
0: its own. It, it does. Yeah, yeah, and
1: it kind of looks like that too on this. Do um, so- you guys think that that's why the
0: Pokemon, like think of Laparoscopic, do you think that that's why the Pokemon Lapras is called Lapras? <laughs> because it has like this long neck that's sort of like. Could just like go right in through a little hole in your belly and possibly.
4: I'm Maybe. I'm not. I am not well versed enough in Pokemon at this time of my life where I can't comment on the on the etymology of the Pokemon names. Yeah, but I wish I was.
0: He was Lapras, the seafaring. Pokemon.
4: That makes that makes sense. You know, yeah. when you think about Great it, transport, lo- when you when Pokemon. you think about it, think about it logically. So they <laughs> so they yeah. go in and they're looking for these little things, mm. uh, and, and they and and they're going. Oh, when they see this thing, they go, Oh, that's the. Venom. The endometrium, mm. or the 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 tissue, or yeah. the cells so that are a, outside of like, where they should be.
3: It's like evil, evil cells. One of the theories that I kind of believe in, or think can be a little bit true, is that there's a lot of stem cells um, in and around the womb, and sometimes those stem cells just get programmed wrong. It's like there's a wrong f- switch that gets flipped. And then they just start growing and then they're like, oh, we we're going to be like endometriosis, like endometrium cells, but not, mm-hmm. you know. And then they just start growing and they actually feed on, um, I think they feed they feed on your hormones. So on female hormones, estrogen and progesterone. Once again, I'm not an expert, but this is how I've explained it to myself in my head after reading a lot of articles, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, so it kind of
4: is like venom because it does like, if it it, is, if it it is messing with your hormones, then it's messing with the way that your body and your mind kind of like work together.
3: It does. So,
4: you know, it is, Mm. it is, it is, it is is making you be different.
3: It does. And like, yeah, so at, like yeah, so basically, when you go through puberty, that's when the cells are kind of activated. Or maybe it can take a while, like me, because I was like kind of a late bloomer to actually start growing and spreading and stuff. But then those cells, if they have a long, a long enough time to spread and grow, they can actually go to your bladder, your um, colon, anything that's in Oof. and near the pelvic cavity, and that's mm-hmm. the big danger mm-hmm. because it can actually cause like that your organs start to like tether to each other. Like so. Oh, when yeah. they ha- open you up, they have to actually separate your organs again. And that's extremely painful. Whoa. And like you'll, it, it, that is why early intervention with endometriosis is always preferable because if you do nothing, the damage long-term is going to be very bad. So, Ooh that's why there's a lot of like stuff I found online. That's really upsetting. And especially on Instagram, there's like a lot of gurus that believe they can cure endometriosis with like a diet plan. Like if you cut out meat and Mm -hmm.
2: stuff, we get a lot of but that's that kind of thing. (laughs) You know, it's
3: like your, your endometriosis is a whole body disease. It affects everything. So is that
0: why the ablation therapy, like that doesn't, that doesn't work because you're you you can't target this. You're not targeting the source. You're just sort of like
3: you pick. You know. saw that foreshadowing. Yeah. You saw that that <laughs> ominous foreshadowing. That, hey, I'm picking
0: up where you're laying down. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> nah,
3: nah, so, okay. so that's
0: why. So that's why you feel like this is that that wasn't the right. Nor is it the yes. The, the, definitely not the mm-hmm. right intervention
3: for you. Yeah. So I had my first surgery last year. Um, And so I was 22 um, and it was such a traumatic, (laughs) it was so traumatic. Um, It was in the middle of the lockdown Mm. in South Africa. So I think we were like level two, no, level three. Level four was the worst level of our Mm. lockdown. Okay. So it was between level four and three. No, no. So we had level five, four, and three. Okay. Okay everyone is always confused on what level we are because at this point no one cares anymore like if everyone's like we just don't want to think about it yeah yeah everyone's
0: like i don't i don't
4: even remember there being a lockdown i've erased that from my memory i thought
0: they called (laughs) it i thought they called them districts there and i thought they went up to nine oh (laughs) Oh, son of a bitch
3: wow he just did that son of a bitch dude we had riots. Yeah, that's n- that was it. Was
1: rough. I it saw the movie. Really I know. Yeah, too, I know. Yeah.
3: It was, wow. Dude, it was really loud. <laughs> you had
0: riots when the
1: movie came out?
3: No, no, no like last
0: year.
2: Oh
1: COVID. fuck! I was like when the aliens came.
4: I was like, wow, we really people were really against. When the when the endometriosis <laughs> landed, there was there was fucking. Riots. I was like, wow, I didn't know people were so against District Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Wow, that movie came
3: out when I was like in primary
2: school. But anyway, so. <laughs> Let's phone a friend.
0: Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of Sync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So
3: work it, girl, yeah, work
2: it.
0: Okay, that's enough.
3: South Africa kind of operates with, like, public health care and then private health care. And if you have insurance, you get private health care, which is... I won't say it's better because there is a lot of specialists in the public healthcare system. Um actually we only have 5 endometriosis specialists in South Africa, the entire South Africa. Holy shit. And four of them is cool. in the public in the public system and one of them is my doctor in the private system. Oh wow. So I mean that's 5 people for f- um five million people and half of them is women and one and in out of four of those women might have endometriosis, you know, one out of four was a lot, you know?
4: Yeah. So, 50,000 potential people per person, per doctor. Yeah.
3: So, I mean, and we're lucky because we really have like excellent um, endometriosis um, specialists. They, um, there was actually, there's actually, There was one doctor 10 years ago. He since passed away, but he, like, kind of innovated new treatments for it. Um, Not, like, new surgical treatments, but, like, ways of detecting it. Mm. Um, It's like a new colonoscopy type of thing that I'm possibly also going to get into the next few months, but I'll get to that because the colonoscopy is insane. Um, They call it a 3D colonoscopy um, where they, like, stick a little pipe up your bum and you have to... In, they basically scan your entire body mm, you know? and then they can actually pick up like the little flecks of endometriosis on your organs if there is
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, because it's really hard to detect it on scans you can't see it on a normal sonar or like normal um, scans you know they can't just pop you into an MRI scan and see it always you know mm-hmm. because it's so small and it's like cushioned by all your organs mm. so that's why this MRI scan is really important I really hope I can get one before the end of the year um because it has helped a lot of women so we're lucky in we, that we have the five specialists that we have um and they really work hard to see as many women as they can possibly see mm.
1: so you, it's so you still go, hard
3: to get there
1: so you go in for this surgery during during the lockdown. Mm. Um uh at, at a point where eventually they open up elective surgeries, you're able to go in and get it.
3: Mm.
1: What was the what was the surgery like for you? What was that experience?
3: So I got onto a list um of people that could get elective surgeries um because my doctor was like, No, I'm gonna push for it, we're gonna try to get you on this list. And then she told me like one week beforehand, listen, you're gonna come on come in on this date. Um, you make sure that you have a COVID test um and then we're gonna open you up do the surgery everything (sighs) but it was also at the same time when there was a massive backlog um in my province with COVID tests and obviously you can't like go a week beforehand to get your COVID test, you need to get the COVID test like as close as possible to the date that you're getting the operation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I went in 72 hours beforehand, got my COVID test, and then I waited and I waited and I waited. And then the morning of the surgery, I still didn't get my results back. So I showed up, I showed up at the hospital, not knowing if they're going to allow me to go into the hospital. Because you can't uh, go in if you have if you don't have a negative
4: dude, test. Covid's such a bummer.
3: So I sat in this ice cold like outside area, <laughs> and it was in winter, and it really gets cold here in the winter. Um, contrary to belief, it <laughs> really gets cold here. I was like wrapped up in a little blanket, <laughs> having a panic attack. Like I had a migraine, like stress migraine. Like I don't know if I'm gonna get the surgery, but I because I don't have my covid test. So they there was two other girls before me that needed to get the surgery. And they were like, okay, listen, you were actually supposed to go before them, but we'll do their surgeries first. And if you get your test back in time, you can still have the surgery. When the nurse came back and asked me the last time, listen, do you have your test? I got the SMS on my phone, it's negative. (laughs)
1: Oh, <laughs> brilliant so Poor. this is this is all in the same day they're like they're they're churning people out like they did two people before you in the same day for the same surgery
3: yeah so Whoa. i think they were lining us up they were lining we i think we were in a recovery room i think i think we were five of us we were all there for endometriosis holy related fuck,
2: things holy shit
3: yeah wow was it was really emotional because like no one could go in with me Mm -hmm. I was alone like I was so upset I couldn't even fill in the forms like the nurse had to help me fill everything in um my doctor told me that because of the backlog and like they were so busy she wouldn't be able to see me afterwards you know Mm -hmm. to tell me so she was like so if I find something I'll leave you a note I was like Cool. Thanks. I'll hide the well, notes
1: somewhere in your body, and you have to find it. <laughs> so, do, do you? Do you like? Are you? Are you awake for the surgery? Are you asleep for the surgery? Like, what? What does the surgery no, look like?
3: No, no. They put you out. They pump you full of drugs. Um, so the reason, yeah. So it's. I think it was only like thirty minutes long. It wasn't a terribly long uh, operation in my case. Um, it depends on what they find, because obviously mm-hmm. if they find like growths, because there can be endometrial growths so that's similar mm-hmm. to cysts, but also different. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong. I mean, they can find your kidneys stuck to your womb or to another organ, you know, they, you never know what they find. So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, luckily there wasn't complications with my operation. Um, they put me un- under, um, um, so it's it's like, it's like a laser surgery. So they open you up like three. It's a it's a cut under my uh, under my belly button, mm-hmm. um, near your hip bone, and then near a little bit lower as well. So there's like three entry points mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: basically, so that they can take a look everywhere. Yeah. So she did find endometriosis in my pelvic cavity, and I was relieved to be honest, because I was also scared that I would wake up and they would tell me they didn't find anything. And Mm. that would kind of invalidate, like, my experience of, like, years and years of pain. Mm -hmm. And, like, that would just be in my head. Like, what's the next step after that, you know? Right. Um, So this
1: this technically, like, coming out of surgery (laughs) last year was technically the moment where you actually got the – the 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 proper diagnosis of endometriosis like you you came out of that surgery and they were like okay yes
3: it's the only way right it's the only way to formally diagnose you okay even with other things like that colonoscopy the 3d colonoscopy thing i mean they can see like little shadows or flecks or something Mm -hmm. but it could be anything right the Mm -hmm. only way to diagnose you is to open you up and do like see it so what,
0: what do they do then? Like when when they see that and like they did the laser surgery or whatever, like after that, are they like, hey, this is the this is the best that we can do for you? Good luck, or 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 do they the give you step? a sort of
1: treatment plan?
3: <laughs> so basically the only treatment available at the moment for endometriosis is um, the ablation therapy, and that burns whatever visible endometriosis they can find right so i she found actually quite large like like
1: glob of it
3: globs on Mm -hmm. the right side of my body like um i think the left side is actually clear it's just on the left on the right side um and then she just went and like burned the surface but the problem with endometriosis is it's not just like a, a little layer of in, of disease, it's it's my other doctor drew drew me a picture. It's like a little tree. Actually, it has roots. Mm. It has it. It kind of like it, it like grows into the flesh. So mm. when uh, what the correct or more successful treatment for endometriosis is to to cut it out by the root mm. as deep as they can go without like giving you like other damage. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm -hmm, Right.
3: So that's actually the most successful treatment for it. And I've been talking to a lot of other girls who've gone through the same thing and part of a very large support group. um, And all the ladies have told me, if you can, if you need to make sure that you, if you go to a doctor and they tell you, no, we do ablation. You tell them, no, I want it cut out. That's the only thing that works for long-term Um, like relief, because if you just burn the surface of the tree, you're not treating the roots.
2: Right. And it's that, like uh, it grows
3: back. Yeah. It's kind it of like,
0: it's kinda like uh, in, in I know at like least weeds. in Canada or North America here, like we get dandelions on our front lawns and like you mm-hmm. got the yellow flowers everywhere. And it would kind of be like you just cut the heads off the yellow flowers and then your lawn looks good. It doesn't look like there's any <laughs> weeds in it, but like, the give, reality is, it's give it a week. Yeah, they're gonna come back full of weeds, give and it it's week. gonna come back.
2: Mm.
4: <clears throat> why? Did, why that, do they tell you why? Like, so, so if you go in and tell them that, like you said <laughs> that the only treatment is ablation, but if you go in and you say, no, I don't want that. I want you to cut it out. Will so, they do that for you?
3: So here's the thing. That's why it's important to ask questions to your doc, for your doc to your doctor, and also do your own research. Unfortunately. The only way to get the best treatment in healthcare is to advocate for advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't think like my doctor went out of their way to give me bad treatment. I think they were doing what they were taught, um, you know. And the training she got was ablation therapy, Mm -hmm. and that was like something extra she did on top of her gynecological studies. So she wasn't necessarily also trained in the surgical techniques you need to know for like um cutting it out yeah i think what do they call it it's like uh,
4: i remember the person a person that we talked to about it they described it as like they almost described it as like scraping like a scraping sort of uh which i know is just like just scraping tissue is like what
2: oh my god
3: the more tissue they can remove that has been infested with endometriosis, the more successful it's gonna be for the long term. So it's, yeah, and unfortunately, you need a quite educated, like, surgeon. Not all surgeons know how to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. There isn't a lot of doctors that do that. You know? Yeah.
4: I mean, there's doctors that just don't know how to, like, there's just doctors that don't know how to do a ton of stuff. And I think it's really common to imagine as, like, the everyday person thinking, like, you're a doctor, you can do anything that needs to be done medically. And mm. and the reality is like that's just not like there's so many different there's so many different lanes and things. I had this experience no. once where I was sitting down with a doctor and I was telling him about my a hip injury that I had. And I was talking to him and I could see his eyes just glaze over. Mm. And I was like yeah, no what I'm to about. I go, he's here. not yeah. even listening to me. And he was like he was like I felt like he might have even been texting or doing mm-hmm. something. And then at the end of my at the end of my spiel about what was going on with my hip, he goes, Okay. I'm going to be honest with you.
1: I'm a shoulder guy.
2: was yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's I'm going to be honest with you. you I'm know? a doctor
1: themed stripper, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, do you want the lap dance or not?
0: Cause, Cause I got uh, fucking, it's two I got two in of, the morning yeah, and uh, yeah, we're like, closing uh, up soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they, the thing I think that, that we're talking about really is that like there, is, there aren't enough, there hasn't been enough research going into women's reproductive health, which is an important thing that, you know, yes. needs yeah. to happen.
1: So, in your case, uh, uh, what what came after the surgery? Like, what what happened mm. after you went in and and went under the under the knife?
3: So, the only thing they can give you after surgery is more hormones, <laughs> more hormonal treatment, basically. So, I was put on Vazan, which is progesterone, um, and it's basically just like a hormonal supplement that is supposed to entirely stop your menstrual cycle. So I was, I was, by taking it, um, you kind of trick your body into thinking that, um, no, that there shouldn't be an egg released. And then if there's no egg that's released, um, the period cycle doesn't start. And eventually if you take it for long enough, you just don't you just don't have a menstrual cycle anymore.
0: Mm. Um, Wait, do do people like? Are your doctors talking to you at all about like what your goals are for the future in terms of like? Do absolutely. you hope to like get pregnant down the road? And like, how does this play into like a treatment like that play into your ability to conceive possibly?
3: So basically, every single doctor that I've seen for endometriosis have told me that I should get kids as quickly as possible
2: because.
3: Whoa. Um, The longer I wait, the lower my chance is going to be to have a child naturally, Uh basically, Mm. because on top of endometriosis that causes blockages around your ovaries and just general pain and discomfort, all the surgeries you have for endometriosis can cause lesions mm, mm-hmm. in your pelvic area. And those lesions also make it hard to have like a viable preg- pregnancy. So, because like growing a, a human inside of you is like a lot of pressure for mm. your pelvis. So if there's a lot of re- lesions from previous um, surgeries that can cause problems, you mm. know, yeah,
0: like scar tissue. And mm-hmm.
3: then, I mean, because your womb is a balloon that basically, mm blows up slowly during pregnancy to make space for the baby. But if there's scar tissue everywhere, it's going to hurt. And I've talked to in the um, support group, I'm part of all the ladies who had children naturally um, after having endometriosis treatment says they had pain throughout their pregnancy, Mm -hmm. not just in birth because of previous surgeries that went wrong well not wrong it's just a side effect of having yourself open every I mean this is going to be I I'm probably going to have a surgery before the end of the year because is that the
0: expectation that you like just have to keep going in for surgeries
3: (laughs) so that's definitely what happens to most people um but they they are trying to change that you know Mm. um, with more education um I mean now you can google treatment options and you will get the best advice that wasn't possible 10 years ago you know so I literally googled after my first surgery other options you know and then I realized oh there's actually another surgical option that my first doctor didn't tell me about oh. you know mm. I don't know why she didn't give me that reasoning maybe it's just because she doesn't do that type of surgery I just decided it's time to move on I need a new surgeon I found a new surgeon he listened to my complaints. Um, he is one of the best doctors there is, and he is going to try his best for me, but at the end of the day, there's no guarantees. You right. know? And I only got there because, sorry, the other recording, um, I only got there because I advocated for myself. And I also had support from other women that I found through that, um, support group. I was actually recommended that doctor through the support group.
1: Hmm. can um, we can we talk about the support group for a bit like how, wha, how <laughs> yeah is that, it have you have you found that to be how I mean it sounds like it's been pretty helpful um mm. like what has what your experience been with in hearing other people's experience other people's hardships like is it is it pretty much a net positive through and through or <laughs> or is it also you know because my personal experience with that sort of thing when I was growing up was I tried to stay as far away from it as I could because I found it to be the opposite of what I was mm-hmm. hoping for it to be. Um, like I, I felt like it just made me feel uh, just more, I guess like bombed out about mm-hmm. the fact that I live with yeah. CF. So like what, what mm-hmm. has, what have you found in in that community and has it been, has it been mostly a positive experience?
3: So I completely relate to your experience Jeremy, because it has been really helpful, but I would be lying when I, if I say that there hasn't been like moments, I was like, I can't hear another story. Mm. You know, I can't Mm -hmm. hear another story of a girl that went to the doctor and he didn't believe her and then Mm -hmm. like a few days later she ended up in the hospital because she got sepsis you know Mm. because of um previous complications or something like that you know it's 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 a it's hard you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um especially because of the fertility thing people get very emotional um about and it's understandable you know um
4: I mean, it forces, it's a, it's a, it forces you to think deep into mm. your future, which is really hard to do.
3: It, it is. And it also like, I think it's also maybe a cultural thing. Um, South Africa is still very conservative and there's still very, a lot of like traditional roles that is forced on women, you know, um, like all my friends got married very young. <laughs> well, okay. They, yeah. And I'm, I'm still not married, you know. Um, a lot. Of Hurry people, up. So what are you waiting for?
1: Fucking <laughs> so get in there.
3: I know. I know. My, how my how old? Are you? Is already, I'm 24. Oh, you're running out of time. The clock's ticking.
2: <laughs> Clock
1: is ticking.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, it, if anybody's thing, not know? sure, we're being uh, sarcastic about that. <laughs> yeah. okay. Just
0: just to clarify. No, Jerry's not. I know you're joking. I'm, I'm, I know
3: dead, I'm dead
2: fucking serious. <laughs>
0: 24. Jeez.
3: I mean i know it's ridiculous i know it's it, everyone has a, their own journey and everything but it's hard to like forge your own path yeah. when everyone else is doing something else mm-hmm. you know um For- and like everyone is oh, your babies oh.
4: from a um from my like in the same sort of vein i guess like in in from like a social perspective and hearing you say that south africa is you know more conservative Um, and I would probably classify Canada as like, you know, fairly progressive, but still having a lot of, um, but like when you, you know, when you talk about the, the sort of pop culture, um, idea of what it is to have a period and the things that come along with having a period Mm. of being painful and everything, you know, that's still, that, that is, that's very much in existence here for sure. What was your, what was your sort of like social experience like with having, with having endometriosis and going through this, this sort of like never ending cycle of having, you know, pain that takes you, that takes away your ability to like, or, or I'm making assumptions. Did it take away your ability to participate socially in certain things you know, was it, was it something that took a, that really took away from your life in that way or was hard to explain or people didn't understand or what was that like?
3: Um, in my family, I'm actually the first person who has had endometriosis that we know of, um, which is, I won't say uncommon, but usually endometriosis runs in families. Um, there is, and actually, I'll post a link. You guys will find it really fascinating. They did research on monkeys. Um and they found that some monkeys also get endometriosis, and that it is genetically linked. It's something that you Ooh, inherit. Okay.
2: Wow. So,
3: I mean, it's been interesting being like the first person in my family, and I think also it took a while to get my um, diagnosis because like no one yet, like there was no one I knew that had it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely. I think it's it is hard for my family. Um, I definitely think they are sad. I think the pain is – it's hard to see me in pain for them, which is mm. natural. I mean, you don't want your young daughter to have this issue. And they also just, like – they also just want me to be happy. So it's not like they're pressuring me to get married and get pregnant and everything. But they would want that for me in the future, you know. Mm. It's And to think that I will maybe not have that opportunity or might have trouble, it is sad to them. You know, mm. I i can – like. I can see it it really affects my mom and it really affects my dad and I mean I have a younger sister and I like I give her all the information I'm like listen you need to watch out for this and this and this and if you're in pain you can do this you know get your electric blanket get your water bottle you know this these are the foods you can eat and luckily she hasn't shown any symptoms yet so it's it's just a random thing you know Mm. and for a long time I felt a little bit like, it might have been something I did that caused it. Like, I know it's, like, completely illogical to think that. Um, but because there's so little research about endometriosis, um, I mean, it's, it was something that I had in my head. Like, oh, maybe, you know, it was all these GMO foods that we eat. Or maybe it's mm. all these, um, I mean, I grew up in a mining town. So maybe it was all those like the toxic waste from the coal mine that Ooh. you know. Yeah, I think I it's su- easy
4: to do that to to like to want to look for to want to look for like yeah. a, a, a like a very concrete reason. Like genetics is so uh, ethereal. Like it's very hard to like wrap your head around the idea that mm. it's that like you know there's these fucking microscopic things floating around and like the perfect combination of them make this thing <laughs> yeah. rather yeah. than being like. This happened, and therefore I have Yum. this. Like, yeah, and we, we are thing,
1: creatures that like thrive from meaning, you know, like we're, we're, yeah. we're constantly trying to but find the, the meaning and everything. But
0: the other thing with genetics, too, is like um, you can be genetically predisposed to something without having a history of it in your family because, like, we know with cystic yeah. fibrosis, yeah. it takes two people with the CF gene. So if mm-hmm. you didn't have two mm-hmm. people in your family with the CF gene before, but then your mother and your father both had it then all of a sudden you could be
1: the first one to have Mm -hmm. a a genetic disease Mm. that isn't shared by the rest of your family. You know, we're we're coming up to time here, but, but, um, you know, you you kind of alluded to this earlier um, that you are, the position that you're in right now is that things are more painful than they've they've ever been. Mm. Um, How are you now? Like what's, you know, you're a year out from the surgery... Do, are you feeling hopeful for the future? Are you feeling a little bit anxious for the future? Um, you know, what's what's Yane today? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, great rhyme. I was actually, um, when I had the pre-interview with Lauren, I was actually in so much pain. Um, mm. And I was hoping that I don't, that I'm still not, that when we have the interview, that I won't be in pain. And I'm not today. And it's great, and it's the first time in like two weeks that I haven't been in pain. Oh. Um, I've yeah, you know, I just had a period that lasted ten days, um, wow. and I had extreme clotting, um, like period blood that clots, and mm-hmm. that's also another sign of endometriosis. But not all girls have it, and it's just been. I think it's definitely a sign that the hormonal treatment that I've been on has not been successful. I've been on it for eight months now. I also had an IUD inserted after the operation because my doctor told me it would help stop my period. It's been eight months and mm. my period has not stopped. Um, the bleeding has increased. Um,
2: mm.
3: I'm at a point where I realized that I tried everything like made it, like medication wise you know like the hormonal treatments I think I'm going to stop with that now because I've put my body through enough mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm really hopeful for this new surgery I really hope it works
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> um and and but I also need to like manage my expectations because I was a little bit naive the first time around you know I really thought that um I would be cured after yeah. the first surgery. And it was like a really hard reality afterwards when I realized this is something I might have to deal with for the rest of my life. That was really mm. sad and hard to understand. And it did take me to a very dark place. Um, I was put on antidepressants for the first time in my life. I went to therapy. It helped a lot. And it took me up. It took me a year to mm. kind of make peace with it. Mm-hmm. Um that to understand that there is still hope I won't be in pain for the rest of my life, but there will be times that I am, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. Um, so I'm hopeful for this new surgery. I really trust my new doctor. Um, but it has been hard. Like it's, it's hard being in pain. It's, it's so hard to explain it to someone who hasn't experienced it. You know, it's just something you can feel and understand if you actually went through it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's tough. I'm not in the best place in the world, but I'm not, I'm not kicked down yet. I think, I think I'm still crawling or something. Um, (laughs) And it does. Yeah. it, It helps to talk to people about it and yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. What would you say I is the biggest? What would you say is the biggest thing that endo has taken away from you?
3: Mm, I thought about this a lot because I knew you guys were going to ask this question, um, and I think it took away this feeling of immortality that young people have. You know, um, I think in your twenties, when I look at a lot of my peers, there is almost this feel of feeling of immortality. You know, like. Ah, we're gonna go and go on a go for the long weekend and we're gonna drink all weekend and we're gonna like climb a mountain and sleep on the floor and you know, those experiences. Um I don't think I'll have that anymore because mm. my body just can't. I mean, I can't drink anymore. I can't, I can't um do certain things that I would maybe be doing with my peers if I was healthy now, you know? Mm because I know that my body is fragile and I yeah. know my body, it's going to die one day. And I, and I know what the pain of, I don't know. It, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to live forever.
1: Yeah. Sleeping that on the sounds floor. that Very cynical. <laughs> sli- sli- sleeping on the floor is overrated anyway. <laughs> highly, um, highly. But, uh, but I, I get that. I, I, I understand that. Um, <laughs> what would you say is the biggest thing that endo has given you?
3: It's the flip side of knowing that, I'm not going to be young forever I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to do everything you know Mm. that everyone in this world is giving a set amount of time to do things and that you have to really try to do things that matter to you or like what's going to bring you joy um because you're not going to have a second chance at life you know it's Mm -hmm. it's, there's no do-over so I think it's sobering to feel like, oh, shit, I, I'm not immortal. I can't do everything I want to do, you know? Um, and I might not, like, have kids or run a marathon. Not that I have a burning, like, <laughs> want to do a marathon, but that I might not have that option because I'm tired most mm. of the time. You know, mm. I need naps. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So chronic fatigue is real. Um, so but there's other things I can do and I'm going to try to do it because I know I'm not going to be here forever. So yeah.
1: I will say that naps are definitely not overrated. This is true. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, napping in a bed Uh, on the floor again, maybe just a little bit, but, uh, (laughs) Uh, Yane, I'm, I'm so glad that we had an opportunity to meet you uh, from all the way down in South Africa. Thank you for taking time out of your day today to sit down and chat with us. It really does mean a lot. Yeah.
3: Okay, guys. It's been lovely meeting you. Um, It feels like I'm kind of breaking the f- fourth wall of, like, my entertainment because I do listen to you a lot <laughs> when I'm, like, working from home. So it feels like I'm meeting my, like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, wait, like, wait, wait till you listen to your own episode while you're at work and your head, it fucking implodes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it, it's really weird. It's really weird. But uh, um, it feels like a full circle moment because I kind of figured out i've had this
1: disease and mm. now i'm here yeah so. well, keep us posted we're, we're definitely going to be rooting for you <laughs> yeah yeah <It> very <laughs> Thanks, lovely guys to there you have it folks that was our recording with Yene all the way from south africa how about that and uh just a heads up you probably noticed it, but um, you know we were talking to someone from uh, an entirely different part of the planet, very far away, and there were some connection issues uh, via Zoom, but um, I don't think they were so bad that you couldn't really make out what she was saying, so we hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for your support. If you're supporting by listening on Apple Podcasts, just leave a rating and a review, and if you're supporting by listening on Spotify, hit the follow button. Uh, And just a heads up, we come at you every week, three times a week. Mondays, you get stuff like this. Wednesdays, we've got our routine checkup episodes. And of course, Fridays, we come at you via YouTube or the podcast apps with our Feel Good Friday episodes. So you can tune in as much as you like because we're constantly pumping out content. Um, Thank you again for listening. If you'd like to reach out to the podcast with any thoughts, Letters at sickboypodcast.com. If you want to apply to be on the show, sickboypodcast.com slash contact. And uh, as always, sickboy Boy Podcast is brought to you by myself, Taylor McGilvery, Brian Stever, our manager, Jeffrey Lonis, um, Donovan the Meerkat Morgan, pumping out the sound, and take part for the theme music. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sickboy. Sick Boy.